0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you and welcome to another drive time show on the Voice of Islam UK from Morden. Um, myself, Zakaria, and I am joined with a new face, a new voice. And uh, I'm excited to be able to present with Saad Ahmed um, and he will be with me till six o'clock. So for today, um, of course, for those who are familiar to our show, we have, um, you know, always uh, lined up two different topics for two hours. Um, so that from four to five, you'll have a, a topic um, and for five to six, we have another topic. So, Saad, how are you and how are you feeling? Uh, to be uh, you know, presenting for
1: the assalamu As- alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
0: It's
1: first of all, it's an honor being here for, for the first time and being able to present today's topics. I was thinking about these over the
0: past couple of days. How right. should I be presenting them? Let's see how it turns out today, right? Okay, <laughs> so it will be interesting because uh, it's uh, uh, you know two very interesting topics but also uh, you know very important topics as well today um, so what are the topics that we'll be discussing Could you so the f- first topic we'll be discussing today is
1: back to school okay. impact of the cost of living crisis okay In the so second one we are going to be talking about racism and does religion actually help with racism or not
0: okay okay so that's very interesting so um I mean um, as I said, the topics. The first topic is till five o'clock, and after five, the uh, after five o'clock news, we will have a different topic um, for you. We also have uh, some guests for you. Um, you know, for the first hour, uh, we have two guests for you. We will be speaking to some experts with James Anderson, um, who will who is a part of uh, DEFA, CIC, a registered community interest charity. Um, and we will be speaking to Jack Abbott as well, who um, is UK Labour and Co-op party parliamentary candidate for Ipswich. And for the second hour, we also have two guests um, for you. Now, those who want to get in touch with us, uh, you have any questions that you want to ask or you want to get involved in our conversation, you can always call us at 20 and uh, you can also contact us um, or, or or visit our website voiceofislam.co.uk UK and also you can look at our tweets um, at voice of Islam UK. we can we are uh, active in all uh, social platform um, social media platforms so you can you know always find us on Google and and, and Instagram etc etc so um, so the the first Topic: uh, Back to school and the impact of the cost of living crisis. Why is it? What you know? Why do you think there is a connection between schooling uh, or get sending kids to the school and 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 the impact of crisis, uh, the the living crisis?
1: So, Zakaria, as you know, right now fuel cr- fuel prices have gone up. Yep, they're at nearly two pound. Yeah. So obviously, everything is connected with fuel also. Mm-hmm. So anything which has to be transported yep. for the school accessories or anything mm. that is going up. Right. So obviously, we are looking at Islam teaches us yep. to take care of the relatives who may be less fortunate than themselves, thus encouraging yep. them to distribute of wealth. Yeah. So we should be helping them out at the same time if
0: we are able to. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a part of our faith, isn't it? Uh, to um, help out our fellow human beings and that is something that completes your religion isn't it so do we have a, you know, a, 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 any verses of the Holy Quran uh, that speaks about this so in chapter 2 verse 216
1: Allah the Almighty says they ask thee what they shall spend say whatever of good and abundant wealth you spend should be for parents or near relatives and orphans and the needy hmm. and the wayfarer yep. and whatever good you do Surely Allah knows it perfectly well. Hmm. This
0: is a, an interesting uh, uh, verse, isn't it? I mean, it tells you pretty much everyone who's who you come across with um, in the society—orphans, or your parents, your your relatives, or any one who is in need, or the wayfarer as well. You, you know, you should spend for them. You know, you should uh, spend your wealth for them, or you should help them. Right? That's correct.
1: Like we have your family members, mm. brothers, sisters, yeah. your uncle, auntie, your cousins. Yeah. They're your relatives. They might be the needy ones. Yeah, they might need some help. Help them out. That's the one thing Islam teaches us. Mm-hmm. We should be helping out your close ones, your far ones, your neighbours, any friends of yours. Help them out yeah. if we are able to.
0: Mm, definitely. I mean, uh, in, in, when it comes to schooling as well, uh, we might have family members who are well off. maybe you might have family members who are less you know uh, they they don't have much right and they might be struggling so this is a teaching of the holy quran that if you look at your you know you start from your family first isn't it so your brothers your sisters etc etc if you see them struggling help them out uh, so that they can give a good education to the kids and that's correct that's you know that and that's the future right so if you give them a good Education, then they will uh, be helpful for the nation, and that will be, you know, they will remember you as well, right? And and the bond between the families, between nations, or between, you know, the people around you uh, becomes even stronger. So, such a beautiful teaching of the Holy Quran. Now, we all know that the Brexit, the pandemic, and now the ongoing conflicts in the world have played a huge role and the standard and cost of living in the UK. The cost of living has become a crisis, which has impacted us in many ways. The last year, you know, the public was warned that the winter will be really difficult. It will be very tough um, as the energy bills are rising and predictions were made about food shortages. Right. And we have, you know, experienced this already. And, um, what is the guidance that we've received from from uh, his holiness and from the community in regards to food shortages and what what the community should do right that's i mean when we've we've received the guidance that you know there will be food shortages there will be a time when we cannot afford or buy the essentials right so the community has you know you know organized and and, and made a list of goods that we need Uh, in order of these shortages or any emergency right and i remember um, one of uh, my friends i can say is a very nice guy he's a he comes for pest control at my place and um, you know i was just speaking and then he came upstairs at my place and he saw all my you know cans of beans (laughs) and, and rice and all that and of course he didn't ask anything but I just told him that. Look, I have this uh, prepared. Why? Because we, you know, you know, you know the situation at the moment. Everything is becoming very, very expensive. We, the 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 UK and the other European nations as well, they're using their backup at the moment. And once that is finished you know we will be in shortage so there will be a problem in future so the community um, with the guidance of the holy his holiness um, um the current caliph of the Ahmadi muslim community we are you know advised to start um you know rationing food or start um you know uh, you know piling up food for, for, for any, any emergency and we've received an, uh, a list as well of the essentials that we need and he said yes that's actually true I mean you know we, we should be um, careful we should be ready for these kind of situations and he then asked me that could you also send me this link or, or this this list and I gave it to him and I said you know start preparing and he's like I'm really thankful so I said to him like whoever you know and um, send this list to them as well now um when you look at the, uh, um, the, the there's some you know when you look at the poorer people um they will be affected um and and the vulnerable they will be affected for this as well you know the shortages that we have and the energy prices and everything which is expen- becoming expensive isn't it so um and, and, and uh, as as we were discussing the the new school year uh which is you know literally which has already started uh it comes with the added cost of uniforms, lunch, and extra school activities. now, many parents they will not be able to pay that right so it will be difficult for them, so the struggle to choose between school uniform and sport has brought on the demand for free school uniforms so now the government has to decide and and, and, you know uh, take uh, um, uh, decisions on how they can you know help the community help the country to fight this of course so um, we will be delving deeper into the cost of living crisis especially in terms of going back to school so stay tuned tuned with us um so what uh Saad, what do you know about uh the 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 crisis the living cost um what uh, uh are the Brits specifically facing um at the moment
1: well the prices have gone up right isn't it yeah <laughs> they we uh, the difficult thing right now is being able to pay rent yeah food these are the main things to survive and yep. if you're not able to afford the main basics mm-hmm. how we, how how are we going to live right hmm. so Paul Scully, a reporter, reported to ITV News that the UK's current energy crisis will demonstrate a challenge for people in the UK Mm -hmm. as nine providers resulted in more than 1.5 million customers being moved to new and likely to be more expensive contracts Mm. than than the previous ones. He stated that he is pleased with government being able to provide one of the UK's biggest suppliers with financial support so it can restart production, although this agreement will only cover three weeks. Okay, that's only
0: three weeks, isn't that's it? That's only a solution for three weeks. Okay, and and do you remember the, the uh, from the community um, we've been uh, advised to... Um, Russian food or uh, you know um, have food ready for how many months
1: for about six six months, months six it? months yeah. roughly yeah. yes I, I believe
0: minimum three months to six months so um, I mean I would advise everyone as well I mean there, you have this list everywhere right so in emergency what you need at home if anything happens to you um, something that doesn't expire quickly so it stays for years right so they should have those kind of foods Um they, they should be ready for that, of course. Um, according to the BBC, um, around 18 million households will see an average increase of £693, whilst around 4.5 million prepayment customers will see an average increase of £708. And this will depend on how much energy the household is using. Um we also see that the house the gas shortages are another concern. They are reducing carbon dioxide supply which is important in food and drink production. This has increased concern this has increased concerns for the lack of food on the supermarket shelves for the public. Um we have our first guest with us uh, James Anderson who's on hold and he's waiting to speak to us. James Anderson is um uh, the part of a DAFER CIC, a registered community interest charity. Uh, with this short introduction, I would like to welcome James to our show. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show.
2: Hello, how are you doing? You okay?
0: I'm good. How are you? Yeah,
2: I'm not too bad. I've been a busy day, but yeah, I'm okay.
0: Okay, thank you very much for joining us and, and uh, giving your time to yeah. our show. Um, so. How is the cost of living crisis impacted the lives of our future generation?
2: It's impacted us, speak. well it's impacting them because they're going to be going into a society of debt, into a society of problems the problems that we have got the ability to deal with and sort out now and if we don't do that, then we're passing that down to them which it's our responsibility to stop that from happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So hi James, how are you? Is Saad here. It's my first time presenting Voice of Islam. So the question I have for you is, do you think that due to the crisis, children are more likely to be criticised for being poor?
2: Uh, Yes, you're going to get a lot of children, young children are going to be stereotyped by society depending on if they've got the right shoes on or, no, or they've got the right clothes or they've got the right amount of money to get the right kind of food and the right kind of household, the right kind of living. And it, it ricochets throughout every society in, 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 in the United Kingdom. So it does need to be dealt with because it's not just about what we can or cannot afford. It's about the legacy that we're going to push our children into.
0: Hmm. I mean, uh, we can also see that uh, some of the parents they are canceling their children's sports activities as uh, uh, the cost of yeah. the uniforms, uh, uniforms um, you know are uh, increasing, of course, and they won't be able to pay it. So, how can this be avoided? Because sports, I guess, is an essential part of the upbringing and it keeps you kept in you know, fit as well. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it is. I mean, the children have got to be kept active. It, it stops. Children become lazy, stops obesity. It mm. helps them to control their diet. It helps them control yeah. what they're going to do in the future. If you take that away from them, mm. then there's nothing for them to respond to. Yeah. And we have got a future of of young stars coming forward mm. that will be thrust away from them. And then our our challenge with the Olympics and football and everything around the world with the Commonwealth and everything else mm. that will all disappear.
0: Mm. It's it's very concerning. I mean. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's what 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 do you think that the government should do to avoid this?
2: And the the government needs to find some source of income to to combat these problems and these issues. Yeah. Now it can't always come from the public purse because if it does, then that's going to create more death on a national scale so somebody's got to sit down in the offices in London with the on and think of other ways to do it Hmm. I'm more than certain that every parent in the country would not mind contributing 50 pence or a pound a week if they know that money itself is going direct to help the children's future Hmm. or even more than 50 pence or a pound a week I know I would Hmm. to know that my children are going to have a future. So I think it's something that the government needs to put back to the public hmm. and let the public decide how to deal with this situation.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. So, as James, you have said, if we can contribute 50p or a pound to help them out. So yes. do you think, shouldn't we um, the uniforms be simplified? And if so, and how should it be done?
2: The, the, the uniforms itself, that, that should be done in a similar manner. Now, a lot of these skills are demanding that children are wearing certain schools with certain logos. And a lot of companies are taking advantage of that by charging X amounts of money, sometimes money that parents can't afford and they have to borrow to do that. So they don't get fined by the school. That needs dressing as well. A uniform is a uniform. It should be universal. It should be for every colour, every race, every ethnicity, every community. No one should be singled out. A school is a school of is education we
0: all should be exactly the same simple as that. Mm. Thank you. Um thank you no James uh, for your time and uh, and giving your thoughts on on our questions yeah, no, It's a pleasure. Thank
2: it's you. Pleasure, thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. So Bye-bye. this was um this was James Anderson a part of a of Defa uh, CIC a registered community interest charity. Um it was a pleasure to speak to him. Um I mean uh when you look at the prices uh, the rise of the prices have been blamed on the factors, um, like a cold winter leaving st- you know stocks depleted, high demand of liquefied natural gas for Asia, and reduction in supplies for Russia as well. so uh, the as energy and food bills are also something which is rising, uh, many families face a 20 pounds a week benefit cut right, for the universal credit. So um, Boris Johnson, the previous prime minister, also stated that the higher wages, uh, you know, uh, rather than taxpayers-funded benefit rises are a better option. Uh, Some of the MPs have warned, and and they they said that um, there will be a force a, a lot of working families into this will you know force a lot of working families into into poverty um and when you look at the figures it shows us that 2.3 million universal credit claimants are already in work with a further 1.7 million unable to work due to the health or caring responsibilities i mean there are families who are not able to work and you know they they were in, in the universal credit and they, they will face a lot of difficulties as well. And I remember that, and I think it's to to this day as as well, I mean, there are families who are skipping meals because they cannot, simply can't afford to have, uh, you know, th- three meals, I guess, right? And I remember the Prime Minister of Bangladesh as well, and Bangladesh is one of the poorest countries on earth, they were mentioning this. That you know this crisis is, has affected the whole world, and they were given an example of the u k so it's 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 very worrying, isn't it?
1: Well, the former prime Minister Boris Johnson did not believe you know these difficult circumstances will last for a long time, yeah, but they will just automatically somehow correct themselves, yeah, but obviously this hasn't happened so far hmm so the regarding this, the Holy prophet made the Please, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him Said It is better for one Of you to Take his rope Bring a load Of wood fire On his back And sell it hmm. God thereby Preserving his self-respect yeah. Than that He should beg from people Whatever They give him Anything Or refuse him He also referred To the rough hands Of a laborer As the hands God's love self Reliance is only part of a Muslim thinking because it is always coupled with reliance of Allah. There are countless examples of Allah answering prayers concerning financial hardships when there seem no way out. One of Allah's blessings and solution for economic disparity is the institution of Zakat. Zakat is a text on the wealthy of the Muslims which is distributed to the poor. Zakat provides the path of progress and prosperity and also national betterment
0: and stability. Hmm. I mean, uh, the, 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 the words of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings to Allah upon him, that are rough hands of a laborer. Uh, he conferred uh, he compared a rough hand of a laborer as the hands of uh, that God loves, right? That's correct. Even the system of zakat, right? Yep. Is
1: are uh, taking money from the rich people yep. who are better off yep. than the less able people, yep. and helping them out, hmm. which is making
0: the society more stable. Yes, this is something that is extremely needed in you know in uh, situations like we have at the moment. That if the money that is distributed from the, uh, you know, from from the rich people to the poor people, what happens is that there will be stability. So how, you know, what what's can you briefly tell us what how you know zakat has been distributed and what the zakat is, and very briefly. So zakat is um,
1: which every Muslim has to pay at a is at a rate of two point five percent on yeah. the wealth.
0: And that's only when, when uh, eight, let's say in the UK, right? Um, and uh, the, the, it depends on country to country, right? So the UK, it's roughly 3,000, 3,500 in the bank. Anything worth 3,500, which is gold, silver, or their own money, if they do not use it at all for a whole year, even if they use it in, an, in the 11th month, right? That doesn't count. Right, so, if they have this amount, they don't use it, they should pay two point five percent from it, and what happens to that is of course, poor people they wouldn't be able to you know you know save up money because they can't you know they can't do it, so that's simply that two point five percent goes to the people. Imagine someone is extremely rich and in his bank account he has you know let's say. Ten million, right, he doesn't use it at all he gives 2.5% if he's a true believer, right, a Muslim and that, this gets distributed and you you do this with all the rich people, I mean literally in one year right, after one year, let's say we started right now, after one year you'll see that you won't have any poverty anymore, because that wealth is distributed to everyone, okay, and you know, they, they can, you know, it, for the people they they might, they can start a business or they you know uh poor people they can you know start you know th- th- they'll have their own savings as well and there's so much benefits in this so the stability in the society um you know that is something that um uh you would see if this uh, system of zakat is applied on the people isn't it
1: even let's, let's simplify it even more like james said if everyone can contribute 50 p to pound yep which is nothing for some of us, right? Fifty p pound, pound, yep. like a milk bottle costs one pound twenty five nowadays. Mm. If mm. someone can give one pound even, mm. and a mass comes together paying one pound each, and that will help out a community exactly, or who are less able people, and it, that will
0: help them out with school uniforms, right? Exactly. I mean, when you look at the 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 five pillars of Islam as well, right? Zakat doesn't simply mean. Um, that you basically only pay zakat zakat also, also means that you give sadaqah or or uh, you um contribute or how would you say sadaqah um that um you basically do charity because that's a a, a um, example of the holy prophet isn't it so holy prophet peace and blessings upon him his whole life he's been uh, contributing he's been Uh, giving charity to this extent that he would not keep anything for himself and he used to give it to the poor, for the needy for those people who are in need so this is a part of our faith as well and this is what we as Ahmadis truly believe in, Uh, when you look at the Holy Quran in chapter 9 verse 103 it says that take arms out of their wealth so that thou might cleanse them and purify them thereby. So what does that mean, you know, clarifying or purifying, right? So that means actually that, you know, zakat is, the other meaning of zakat is to purify, okay? So when you basically start giving out your, you know, your arms or your your wealth to the people who are in need, you're clear, you know, you're, um, you're cleansing your faith, or you can say you are purifying your faith uh by giving it to the pure uh to the to the poor and what happens is that you know when you start giving out to the people and when you see and and that 's when sympathy for others starts building up right so sympathy you know starts happening when you start caring of others when you start giving to others, and this way you are actually adopting the quality of God Almighty, of the most merciful, the caring, etc., etc., right? This way you become close to God Almighty as well. His Holiness, uh, Hazrat Meza Masrur Ahmed, the current Caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim, also stated um, something uh, in the light of the Holy Quran.
1: Yes, um, his, holy prof, um, his Holiness, Hazrat Meza Masrur Ahmed, Melabi's helper has said, In the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty has repeatedly instructed true believers to fulfill the rights of mankind and to help all those in need or who face difficulties of any kind. The Holy Quran has particularly emphasized the need to help the most vulnerable members of society, such as those who are murdered in poverty. Mm -hmm. Okay,
0: yeah. Now, um, what do you learn from this um, this quote of uh, His Holiness? So what Hazur is
1: stating here is every single person hmm. should help out and try to help out those who are less able hmm. than himself. Hmm. Like with this, what will happen is slowly and steadily, those who are less able will be able to help those who are less able than him, that, hmm. than them. Sorry. Hmm. And then slowly society will get more stable and financially wise to get even more stronger. Indeed.
0: Has the Brexit facilitated uh, this situation? Well, <laughs> situation <that laughs> well last yeah. year, right? I mean, a lot of people have voted for this.
1: Well, and last and year, as yeah. you remember, when the fuel shortage panic happened yeah. and there were queues th- throughout London, yeah. I used to go out and see London is is packed and people are waiting to go to the petrol station just to get yeah. fuel. However, the government reassured uh, all of them that there's a lot of fuel, there's yeah. ample of fuel stocks. Yeah. But despite that, the fear of shortage, people did go and wait in queues and lines, and most of the petrol stations even shut down, saying we don't have any fuel. Mm. They used to go to the next one, to the
0: next one, to the next one, yeah. just to get, just to fill up the tanks. Mm. I mean... Um you know a spokesperson also admitted that the country was suffering from a temporary covid related shortage of drivers needed to move supplies across britain and that happened when the this you know the brexit happened um i mean a, a confluence of crises had formed, uh, forced the government to deploy soldiers to drive fuel trucks energy suppliers to go out of business and panicked households to try and fill uh, cupboards all while COVID nineteen, you know, was still on the on the rise. Uh, the pound, meanwhile, you know, had been trading like an emergency market currency rather than from a steady group of seven country. Um, as promised to you, we uh, will be speaking to Jack Abbott, who is a UK Labour and Co-op Party parliamentary candidate for Ipswich. Um Jack assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to our show I think we are um we have uh, some connection uh, issues so we will get back to Jack um so we were just uh you know speaking uh, about the the fuel crisis and and how uh you know the the truck drivers they got stuck as well and I remember from the whole UK our community had uh, prepared food boxes for the drivers um, I remember the East uh, at least doing this and we prepared many food boxes and we uh, you know we basically uh, gave it to all the drivers And they were really thankful as well I mean you know, m- imagine being stuck for hours right and they're not being able to eat so uh, this is something that we could do um, I think um, Jack is back uh, Jack assalamualaikum, peace be upon you can you hear us
3: Yes I can, sorry about that I think I was dis- disconnected there
0: but thank you so much for having okay. me on Thank you, um, luckily we have you back um, Jack um, as you know we are speaking and discussing about the living costs and especially um, related to uh, kids going back to school um, What's the solution and what should lo- solutions should the UK enforce in order to make uniforms affordable as you know, as you know that many parents they can't Uh, afford to buy the uniforms from from their respective schools
3: sure i mean there's a few different things i mean as you say it's it's a real concern for a lot of families particularly now more than ever with the rising cost of living putting food on the table paying energy bills and obviously now you know when you do go back to school the cost of uniform i know you know a family contacted me the other day saying that they spent 150 pounds just each mm-hmm. um, but obviously previous research as well from the children's society said that can even go in excess of 300 pounds as well once you put in school shoes sports wow. kit everything else like that so it's a real burden for a lot of families and say now more than ever but there are a few things that i would like to see happen so hmm. there was a law change that came in uh, last year which sort of compelled schools to try and keep some of the costs as low as possible now i know a lot of schools are facing immense cost pressures themselves uh, with their own energy bills and tight budgets Hmm. and i know that a number of already taking really significant steps to supporting families but what i would really like to see is things like um you know a lot of uh, your listeners will know that uh, the school uniform can be embroidered and not just like the jumper or the blazer but sometimes even the school shirts and and, uh kit. um some also really restrict where you can buy uh, your school uniform from Mm. Uh, so sometimes you know uh, a lot of families might want to go to the supermarket buy a pack of shirts or whatever Mm. um but sometimes those options aren't there for them and and so really what i as i say want to see schools um to do is just make sure they're they're minimizing that as much as possible Mm. They're, they're giving families a real kind of flexibility and accessibility um, but also things like facilitating s- swap shops as well to make sure that, you know, people can buy a secondhand uniform or exchange it where necessary.
0: Mm. That's uh, a very good uh, tip that you have given. Um, I mean, the schools, they should provide uh, help and they should be flexible um, when it comes to uniforms.
3: Sam, so do you have a question? As yes.
0: Well? Hi, Jack. How are you?
3: Hi, oh, yeah, very well. Yes, this you. is Saad,
1: I've just joined recently with Islam. So my question is that, you know, as communities, how can we help these families who are struggling to buy well, uniforms?
3: Say, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as I say, um, you know, there are some, some schools do do swap shops or, or kind of pop up secondhand shops and, and kind of exchange uh, uniform items. And I'd really encourage You know, families which do have relatively new items that they might not have used. Just making sure that other families, uh, you know, you're able to pass those on to other families who who might be struggling. So, um, making sure that those things are accessible. Um, But also, as I say, there has been that law change, and um, it is slowly coming into force. Um, But what I would say is, you know, making sure that the schools are aware that you know what their kind of requirements are. To, you know make sure you're you know having the conversations with the uh, you know head teachers or governors or whoever it might be to make sure that those families are giving you know being given real flexibility so that's what I'd say. i say i'd say you know as you say communities are really important words so it's making sure that you know you're being able to exchange you know those items to, with other families who may need them mm-hmm. um but also just reminding schools generally of their sort of requirements as well and and, and then kind of beyond that as well there. You know there are there is still v a t charged uh for kind of high school secondary school uniform as well, so that's twenty percent there um so it's also putting pressure on your local representatives as well and ask them to make that law change and remove v a t from school items and um, the other thing I, I would briefly mention as well is some local authorities some local councils do offer um a grant system so you know by all means definitely go and see whether your local council do offer a grant for your school uniform and, and some offer even between 50 and 100 pounds grant for for that uniform so making sure those things are out there and if they're not there again encouraging your local councillors your local representatives to make that change and, and be able to support local families and community
0: mm, thank you thank you for these these tips actually i mean um School uniforms, you know, they can give children a sense of identity and belonging uh, to that school. But you know, it's becoming difficult, and you know, as we discussed earlier as well, it's it's a burden on parents with the you know uh, the cost as well. Uh, Do you think that Mm. uh, this will make their daily school lives difficult?
3: I, I think for some children, some families, it will. -hmm. And I'm already hearing of that. As I say, I think some families are cutting down the amount of uniform they buy. So, you know, some families might only be buying one shirt or one pair of trousers. Mm -hmm. And as you know, you know, kids, you know, kids might go and play outside, or or, you know, throughout the school day, you know, the clothes might get a bit dirty or whatever, and you need to be able to either wear a fresh pair the next day, or, or you know, be able to wash them throughout the week. And obviously, if people's energy bills are going up, that might be, you know, more and more difficult um, or, you know, so you've got all these sorts of things that are going to start kind of playing into people's school school lives. And, and that puts a huge amount of pressure on it and, and other things as well. You know, kids, especially boys, have a real kind of big growth spurt in teenage years. They've got to then sort of look to replace that school uniform even by Christmas or whatever. Um, but, you know, some people will be less and less able to do that and unfortunately um, you know real difficulty in their school lives or or, or whatever it might be mm. and the other thing you know it's not just about uniforms it's about you know uh, extracurricular activities it's about sport you know are kids going to be able to go to after school clubs or, or, or whatever it might be mm. you know all these little pressures will then mean that certain kids that won't be able to have access to that so that removes opportunity uh, for those children and then you know removes part of the really important part of growing up and hmm. so you know those are also the pressures that um, i am i'm really really worried about for many families
0: hmm. um finally any any advice that would you that you would like to give to our listeners um uh, that could help the uh for them or maybe those people who they are um you know they know that are struggling so any final words
3: yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, just to repeat some of those things that I said earlier, you know, double check and see if your local council does offer uh, grant support for your mm-hmm. school uniforms and mm-hmm. um, do see what's out there in terms of swap shops or, or you know, kind of second secondhand uniform that you might be able to, sh- um, you know, swap with your neighbours or other people in the community. Um so there is small bits and bobs of help, help out there, but also, you know, as I say, going to those schools and making sure they're aware of the new law, making sure that, you know, they're being as flexible and accessible as possible. And, and I hope and think that, you know, with times really tough for a lot of families, some schools may start making exemptions on their usual school uniform policy. So, yeah, as I say, those three things are really, really important. And um And As I say, um, this is something I'm going to be campaigning on from a political point of view. I'm a a parliamentary candidate in Ipswich for the Labour Party, Mm -hmm. and I I certainly want to see a change and removal of that VAT on school uniform, plus some of the other bits of support that I've outlined there, so... Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is um, what I'd say. And thank you so much for having me on this afternoon and being able to talk a little bit about uh, school uniform.
0: Mm, Thank you very much for, you know, giving your advice and and, and the tips. Uh, Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you.
3: Brilliant. Thank you. Have a good afternoon.
0: You too. So this was um, Jack Abbott, UK Labour and Co-op Party Parliamentary Candidate for Ipswich. I mean, you know, you have really uh, very helpful, uh, you know, tips as well, right? From Jack, Um, um, that's Mm -hmm. correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, this uh, for the for the listeners. uh, If you need any help or any guidance, you can always, you know, follow these the tips that uh, that we've received, right?
1: As Jack has said, call up the council, go to your local, uh, local charity shops, ask them. What are or how can they provide uniforms? And mm. for, for us, if you, if you go to them and ask them how we can help them yeah. and get uniforms to them yeah. so they can help out other people,
0: yeah. that would be a great yeah. um, idea, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, we should build a, a link, isn't it? I mean, whoever is listening right now, you know, maybe you would know someone who is in need who is you know or, or or you could convey this message to others as well if they need any help then you know they can uh you know uh th- they could be helped as well so this is something that is uh, important of course now we were discussing earlier uh just before we had jack on the line uh, how <laughs> brexit facilitated the situation i mean clearly it did not facilitate or it, it's 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 become an issue isn't it um you know the governor of the bank of england andrew belly um even quipped whether a plague of locusts would be the next to be beset in the uk um the root of the uk's outside struggles are broader and come down to the independence on trade an asset before the pandemic that allowed for lean supply lines and championed by supporters of brexit uh the le- reliance now magnifies the damage from leaving the UK, uh, eu and covid-19 disruption and then we had these two things coming together i mean the covid-19 brexit as well and so much you know trouble um uh, because of these two problems of course and you know the, the labor shortages have been hitting every part of the food supply chain from dairy to seafood and vegetable processing, according to James Withers, Chief Executive Officer of Scotting Food and Drinks. I mean, businesses, they are also struggling from a lack of transport for food, as well as a shortage of the staff to pack it. I mean, these shortages we're finding in everywhere. And I was just speaking to someone who um, uh, is in a, doing a PhD in AI artificial intelligence you know saying that there will be a big problem in future when robots will take over the works of you know laborers right and then there will be a shortages i mean it is it is of course the the future is ai but then how would people be and you know, how would they find works right so how would they in uh, provide for their families. That's also an issue, <laughs> I and mean, we were just, uh, you know, discussing this. Um, on the other hand, UK has tackled other factors that slowed down businesses, such as getting early vaccinations in order to allow normal jobs to continue. Um, however, in light of the current crisis, the government will have to work on it. Now, there is a holy, there is a, there's a verse of the Holy Quran as well, right, which um, comprehensively covers this concept of service to humanity. What's what's, what's
1: that? So in chapter 3 verse 111 Allah the Almighty says O people of Islam You are the best people ever raised For the good of mankind Because you have been raised to serve others You enjoy what is good and forbidden Evil and believe in Allah Right
0: So why is the people of Islam Referred to this? Why, 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 why the people of Islam? I mean, it, it will be a it's an interesting question, right? So the Quran is, as we know, this is a universal religion, right? It's meant for everyone. But why Islam? And I, you know, the the reason, you know, for addressing the people of Islam is, look, every religion, right? Every prophet came from the same God. I and mean, every You know, the the, the God of every prophet is our God, right? Every prophet that has, uh, you know, come is our prophet as well. So we believe in all the prophets. You know, have we lived as Muslims? Have we, Muslims, if I lived in the time of the Jesus or Moses, I would have accepted him as a prophet, right? So Islam is a religion, a universal religion, which is for every single person, right? But the teachings that is given, in the holy quran is universal and those people who believe in islam they read the quran and they understand what their duties are right so the holy quran is and the teachings of islam is meant for everyone so that's why it's 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 mentioned in the holy quran that you are the best people ever raised for the good of mankind and, and, and when you, when you see as as muslims right it's obligatory for me for us every muslim to take care to be good to the whole mankind not just specifically for your nation for your family for your faith groups etc etc and I remember a verse of the Holy a a, a saying of the promised Messiah the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community and this is in my own words not a verse sorry this is his quote in one of his books he said that if you you know claim to be an Ahmadi Ahmadi Muslim right and if you do not, you know, let's say there is, there's a fire, and he says that there's a fire of a Hindu neighbor, right? Uh, and and, and uh, there's fire in his house, and you do not go and help him or her or them, right? Then you don't belong to me, to, to, the, to, uh, to the follower of the uh, promised Messiah. He says if there is a Christian being killed, or, or being attacked by anyone right and you do not go and help this person right then you don 't believe you know, belong to me and then he mentioned other faith groups as well. The message of that uh, uh, you know the message if, of this this is that anyone who is in need doesn 't matter what religion they belong to, or if, even if they believe in a religion, if you do not go and help them, even if you have to put your own life in risk. Right, you do not believe, you not belong to um, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, a believer of the, the promised Messiah, and the promised Messiah came to revive, came to refresh the religion of Islam. Right, so that's what the teachings of Islam Ahmadiyyat is. Now, uh, you know, if if you could tell us um, the children, uh, how are they affected? And if the promised Messiah Islam, you know, if he had any compassion for the mankind, if he has, if, do you have? Do you know any 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 quote of the promised Messiah where he mentioned um, of uh, the the compassion for mankind? Yes, um, the promised Messiah,
1: may peace be upon him, said, sympathy for all mankind is a moral obligation and a duty. That religion is no religion which does not inculcate sympathy, hmm. nor does that man deserve to be called a man who does not have sympathy in him?
0: Mm. Okay, yes. And I mean, this
1: is mentioned in Message of Peace. Uh, his book, Message of uh, Peace, yes.
0: right? So we have, uh, do we have this book in uh, in uh, the English? English? I hope so. I hope so. Um, so yeah, this is a, um, a, a book of the Promised Messiah where he mentions that uh, the sympathy for... Ma- uh, you know, uh, if you don't have sympathy... Then you cannot be called a man who does, you know, who has sympathy for God Almighty. Um, I mean, sympathy for all mankind is a moral obligation, and it's a duty of every human being, isn't it? That's why you remember uh, at the very start, when you mentioned the verse
1: that we should look after um, our family, neighbors, everyone. Mm. So if you are not looking after those who are around you, how can you look after those who are in the community mm. and in your country? So you start off small, make yep. it go bigger, make it go bigger, and it's bigger and bigger and so on yep. and so forth. And then this is how you can
0: support and help out your hmm. country, your nation. Hmm. This is this is how you can support your country, your nation, and this is how you you know are uh, basically being helpful for the nation. So, if you just round up, what um, what have you understood? What have you learned from you know today's show? What is it that we can do, as as an individual, or as a nation, to help the crisis of the you know living crisis? Help uh, the parents, the families who are you know struggling to 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 go through this difficult time. So,
1: as you remember, when Jack Abbott came on, and mm. he mentioned about just donating fifty p to a pound, yeah. starting of in a, in a small portion, and and said that's even less than a pint of milk. Mm. Bottle, which is about which is about one pound twenty five nowadays mm. and if you can give up fifty peter a pound mm. or just leave like one chocolate bar behind mm. and every per- if every single person does this, mm. imagine how much money we can collect and help out those people who are in need, yep, so starting off as a small portion can make a big difference in the u k mm. at least
0: i mean uh so let's say the government decides to the government decides to you know uh help out and they do not have the means to help out this you know let's say let's say this is the situation right then you know there should be this uh you know there should be um uh, create charitable organizations where people can donate right and this way you know the society that will you know be in a better position, and there will be stability again. And, and especially, they should be, you know, able to. And everyone, every single person, they should be able to help out his, each other as well. That's correct.
1: This. And as Prophet has said, even as you men- mentioned before, that there is no religion if a person is not sympathetic yeah. to his mankind, uh, to his fellow human beings. Yeah. So we have to look after them. Hmm. So. This nation can look after itself. Yeah. So if you're not looking after them, how can they um, become better and they can look after those who are um, more needy than them? Yeah, exactly. And so on and so forth. And this is like a small circle. If I help out someone who is uh, less um, uh, fortunate or is uh, less able than me, and then when he gets it, hmm. uh, on on. And this happens, and the next person comes in, yep. and so on. You have this small circle in which can help out the nation and and this country. And this is how we can support our own community here in the UK. Mm, wonderful, very, very,
0: uh, uh, you know, uh, very nice words that you've said. Um, so, with this, we would like to conclude. The topic of uh, the living cost and uh, back to school. So after the news, we'll be discussing about racism and the connection with religion. So here is the five o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you and welcome back to the drive time show at Voice of Islam UK. Um... We are broadcasting live 24-7 on DAB, online or via the app. Um, in the previous hour, we gave you our number as well. If you want to get involved, you want to uh, speak to us, or if you have any questions, you can always call us at 20 You can also visit our website voiceofislam.co.uk. Also, you can visit uh, Twitter at Voice of Islam UK, and we can, you know, and you, if you Google us, you'll find us on all the social media platforms. As you, those who were following us in the previous hour, we were discussing about, you know, kids going back to school and the living cost crisis. Um, and as promised, we will be discussing a different topic, slightly different. Uh, an emotional a, a a a essential an important topic uh many of you might have uh faced this problem and the, the problem of racism now not just racism we will also be discussing if religion is the answer to eradicate to eliminate racism to to you know to have a peaceful Brotherhood, sisterhood, um, and and love between each other through religion. So, do we have it or not? So, um, sad racism. It's a big issue, isn't it, in 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 the society, especially where we have uh, you know um, different nations coming together, and the minorities are you know most of the time targeted. So. What is uh, what is it that, uh, you know, uh, the um, religion can teach us through this?
1: Well, Zachariah, this topic is very talked about, especially nowadays. Hmm. And because, you know, our nations have become a global village, yep. right? We are linked with everyone. We know what's happening in Africa. We know what's happening in the United States. Yeah. We know what's happening in Pakistan, India, Bangladesh. Hmm. And this um, topic has been here s- uh, since the start. Yep. Racism. Yep. But it has been coming up more frequently because this topic needs to be eradicated somehow. Yep, And the Holy Quran says, Say Allah has declared the truth. Follow therefore the religion of Abraham." Who was ever inclined to Allah and he was not one of those who associated gods with him. Hmm. So meaning that religion teaches us to give our duties to God hmm. and God's creation.
3: Hmm.
1: And this is the main thing we should understand. We should respect and live in harmony with every single community, race and become, and become a family. Exactly. In simple words, mm, become, become a family. family. That's yes, correct,
0: because we're all from God Almighty, with the creation of God Almighty, and no one is better than another person, right? In the eyes of God Almighty, the only thing that counts is your actions. If you are good to others, God will, you know, take him take you as as a friend of yours. If you are harmful, if you're hurting others, right through, you know, it could be anything, right? As a nation or whatever right you will be the the enemy of god almighty right and you know eventually there will always be a punishment there will always be consequences of the actions that you do now islam promotes the sub- uh, subordinates or subordination of all of our capabilities to god's will and racism on the other hand denies the unity of god by giving one racial group priority over another and that is not the teaching of God Almighty. That is not that God, which what God wants. Every creation, every human, every nation is a creation of God. So we set ourselves as partners with our Creator when we pick which people are superior to others. Because then we think that you know we are the ones who are, for example, providing, and we are the ones who created the humans. Um, you know, God forbid. Zachariah, quick question: What is racism? Well, racism is something, you know, it could be a race, it could be something which, uh, as a nation, you are discriminate other nations or discriminate, uh, for example, it could be between tribes as well. And the most common thing that we see is, um, you know, the, the racism of color or caste. And caste is something which is more, uh, you know, related to the Asian countries or, or, or the poorer countries, right? But the racism in this in, in the Western society is more to do with your your own people, right? So you, you know you have uh, one the majority of the people, right, discriminating the minorities. So that will be something which is you know. Uh, so basically, when you are uh, discriminate other minorities, right? That's considered racism, but you know, racism had a broader um, aspect as well. But when it comes to racism and religion, religion has no place and nowhere. You know, would you find the true words of a prophet that is that has come from God would never ever mention that any other race is better than the others, right? No uh, nation is better than the others, or you know, we will be quoting a. Uh, a saying, the last sermon of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, where he mentioned, and that there was a, there was so much wisdom behind that sermon as well, where he mentions that you know you know no one, you would not think, don't think that you're better than anyone else, right? So, a racist isn't born a racist person. That's why in the Holy Quran you find that every child is born a Muslim. A, a someone who submits to God Almighty, right? And then it's the parent of the society that brings up according to whatever they have, their th- their teachings are, okay? And then they become you know, a person that the parents have brought up, or the society has brought up, right? So a racist person is made from the world around them, right? Whether racist attitudes are taught and passed down from the older family members. Or slowly developed by the world around them. This is what racism is, right? So you learn from the society, you learn from the family, you learn from the people around you. Okay? So unconscious bias is based on the principle that our brains receive constant streams of information um, about other people, and over time, shortcuts are made. And the brain starts to build a positive or negative bias towards individuals or groups of people. And this is based on the messages this, you know, a certain person receives from, you know, the the, the people who are around us, isn't it? And, and, uh, you know, we are constantly, you know, receiving messages about people that over time, you know, it does create a bias. You know, messages come from so many different sources. You know, whether it's the news uh, that we read, uh, whether social media, uh, the music videos also. You know, sometimes gives us you know some sort of racist messages, right? Um, we have the stories that we hear from our elderly or the history that may be written, right? uh that that could be something which could be a racist history okay so all these things right the advertisement uh the movies that you watch you know there could be a message of racism in every you know all these things so so they they all have the role to play in you know perpetuating the stereotypes of racism so this is something that we should be concerned about and you know we should always and always uh, the the upbringing the parents they should bring the ch- child up in a way that you know they are not discriminative towards any anyone and, and that happens when you know you build a, 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 a arrogance in yourself so the more humble you are you know the, the the less you would think of you know you being superior than others and that's what you know is racism, in my opinion. What's your thought on that?
1: So, Zakaria, remember t- during the period of... Um, if you looked within the period of history, hmm. especially at a time during World War hmm. when, and the Holocaust, which is really... We, I'm not going far back towards the modern period or anything. Yeah. I'm saying just a f- um, cop- couple of years back, let's say. Hmm. And when we when we see even Hitler, and he said there are some certain... Characteristics of a person which is white, hmm. and during that time, he segregated Jewish people at that time, and It's said that about two out of three people living in Europe yeah. before the war were killed yeah. during the during the uh, during the time of the Holocaust, hmm. and around six million hmm. European Jews were killed, hmm. and more than one million victims were children. Hmm young children which which had nothing to do with with the war. Hmm. And they were killed just how they looked, just on the base how they looked, Hmm. and
0: what Hitler thought a white person should look like.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, yeah, this this happens through the message that we receive from, you know, from uh, uh, influential people or who are basically controlling the media or controlling the society. Right, isn't it?
1: Yes, um, especially when uh, we have to see the teachings of Islam. Yep. What Islam has taught us, hmm. what our Caliph has said to us, hmm. his holiness has said to us, and he sheds light upon this, yep. on the sayings of the Prophet wasallam. Hmm. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, yep. regarding humani- humanity. okay, The Holy Prophet has said, without a shadow of doubt, at every moment of his life, the Prophet of Islam. That's Hazur saying it, by the way. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam manifested immense love and respect for all people. Hmm. His pure and noble heart was filled with compassion, and at all times he sought the betterment of mankind and strived to ele- elevate the suffering, alleviate, of, hmm. alleviate hmm. the suffering of others. Hmm. The thought he taught his followers the respect and value of. Humanity Mm. For example On one occasion The Holy Prophet May peace and blessings Of Allah be upon him Was sitting down But immediately stood up As a mark of respect When he observed A funeral Mm. Process Passing by
0: Mm.
1: Upon this One of the companions Asked him O Prophet Of Allah Why Did you stand up? And he said He a Jewish person is has passed away. So was he not a human being? Hmm. So a simple thing: a, the Prophet of Allah is standing up just of another um, community, a Jewish person who passed away. Yeah. Even though he hasn't believed in him, hmm. but as, uh, as a mark of respect, the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam stood up for him hmm. and said that no, he has passed away. So we should respect him and.
0: Let him go in peace. Mm. And this is how we build, you know, bridges, isn't it? Between communities, between religions. And this is how we should respect each other. That's
1: the thing. That's the most important thing. Let's put us differences aside Mm. and connect on those points Mm. which you all believe in. Mm. Let's say we believe in God. Mm. We believe there are prophets who came. Mm. We believe that Allah has sent the God has sent books, revelations to us. Let's li- link up on those um, on those connections instead of our differences, always debating about them, and let's leave them aside and become a whole community. Yep. And
0: then we can tackle other um, subjects also at the same time. Yeah. So the first first thing that we need to do is start caring for each other, and have sympathy for every single person, not just your own, and then you know, we can think of what they teach, isn't it? So we have our first guest uh, who's on the line. He's waiting to speak to us. He's a regional manager for the South of England for Show Racism, the Red Card. Uh, with this short introduction, I would like to welcome Steve Goodsell. Um, uh, As-salamu alaykum, peace be upon you, and welcome to our show.
4: To be on your show, and I listened with interest at uh, what was being said just now, and I wholeheartedly agree and many of the messages that came from uh, your talk, i don't, sorry I don't know the, the, the person's name but because I wasn't there from the beginning, but they are themes that we use within our work with young mm. people especially and we talk about respect
0: mm, wonderful. and
4: we talk about the similarities don't mm. look for difference, look for similarities look for and
0: similarities, that, yeah
4: yes, and um, I, I really loved what I just heard it re- really resonated with me and and the work we do
0: wonderful i mean this is this is how we you know can start loving for each other the The motto of our community is love for all hatred for none and this is a motto that was um um you know been given by the third caliph of the Muslim security i believe you know that without the love for every single person you know you cannot have peace and hatred should not be for anyone you know because we, we're all the same and hatred is you know you have hatred uh you, you can hate someone's action but you cannot hate some a person because a person you know is 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 a person of god um so th- this is what we need love for each other now um steve uh, the show Racism, the Red Cards, um, annual Wear Red Day will be taking place on the f- 21st of October, so next month uh, this year. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about this, please?
4: Of course. Our charity has been in existence for 25 years and we have been delivering messages such as you've just espoused and, and others around challenging discrimination, challenging racism in particular, using football as a way of getting through to the hearts and minds of, of many young people and adults. We don't just use football, but that's one of the main things. And the very name of our charity, Show Racism, the red card comes from that. In football, the referee who upholds the laws of the game, if someone transgresses, they will receive the red card. So that's why we... called this. Um, where Red Day began about seven years ago from humble beginnings and it was to create awareness
2: Mm.
4: on one particular day of the year. And it started off very small and we just had a a few thousand followers. Mm -hmm. But in that time it's grown tremendously and only today I was told by my colleagues that um, just ahead of, well, seven weeks before this uh, Wear Red Day for 2022, 20, we have almost a quarter of a million subscribers. People; These are people that have actually taken the trouble to register for a, a pack which they can use to uh, fundraise for us to continue to do our work or simply to show their support to anti-racism. And by the time October the 21st comes around, I think that figure will be close to half a million And of course, there's many, many more people such as yourselves who are spreading positive messages um, Mm -hmm. that it's not registered. You know, we don't know how many people. And sometimes we can get caught up in this where we think that the majority are hateful and the majority want division. Actually, the reverse is true. But those people tend to shout the loudest. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: So what we're doing with Wear Red Day, we're shouting loud too. And we are encouraging people to join us to to, to, to spread those those positive messages. And mm. not just for that one day, to do it every day. And we say about being it's no good just saying I am an anti racist. You have to walk the walk and you have to do it. You have to do things and show through acts of kindness sometimes and support. And mm. it's every day. Mm. But it raises it raises valuable funds for us, but importantly it's the awareness. For, for anti
0: racism in in the UK, hmm. Hmm. it's 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 the awareness that you know awakes us up, um, and uh, you know sometimes we don't realize, uh, or the youngsters or some people they don't realize what what they are doing because they've been taught by the society or by, maybe by their parents as well that this is okay. But when you tell them that this is not acceptable in the society, and then and then and then they can then they can make changes in themselves.
4: That is correct, and we work very closely with schools in particular. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we will work with probably 100,000 children this year, and we talk to them about those very things and where do they get these messages and these thoughts. People aren't born racist, mm-hmm. but they will develop racist attitudes if, if they go unchallenged and if it is thought of as being the norm. Mm. so we do exactly as you you said and we we actually start off from the point of what is racism what Mm. is discrimination what is hate Mm. and many young people don't even understand that fully Mm. and then you can look at how racism manifests itself how it can be directed at someone because of not just their skin color which is the most obvious of course because of their culture, because of their nationality, and importantly, because of their religion. Mm -hmm. And we look at why that is wrong and really how ridiculous it is. But we we refer very much to history and some of the terrible atrocities that have taken place, continue to take place. But we look at very basic things, that they can change their behaviours, which will make a huge difference in Mm. their local communities. So the use of language, for example,
2: Mm. very
4: important.
1: Hi there, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good myself. Thank you so much for asking. You know, you just mentioned raising awareness. You know, racism can happen everywhere, it can happen at work, school, even in sports. So, if you can tell us, um, our listeners, um, what was the incidence of Shaka? Uh, Just a brief, um, if you can mention it, what happened?
4: Yeah, of course I will. Shaka Hislop is an ex-professional footballer. He uh, was a goalkeeper. He played for West Ham United, Newcastle, Portsmouth, Reading, and also his country, Trinidad and Tobago. When Shaka was based in Newcastle, mainly white supporters up there, um, still is to a general, you know, really, but uh, he was filling up with petrol at a forecourt where he had his family in the car, group of young men came towards him. They saw him, shouted racial insults directed at him because of the uh, the color of his skin. He was fearful for his family. Mm -hmm. As they got closer, their insults turned to uh, congratulations and thanks. We've met you, Shakira. They recognized who he was, and they didn't see him anymore as a a black guy. They They saw him as their goalkeeper for Newcastle United. And they wanted his autograph of all things, you know. And it changed in an instant. And at that point, Shaka realised the power he had to change people's opinions and lives, and set out to use that in a in a very positive way and help set up this charity. Hmm. He was appalled by their reaction. Still, you know how how come you 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 don't really see me as a human being? You just see me as a footballer now. And now you now you like me, and you want me to like you. He didn't give them his autograph. He told them what he thought of him, and then that gave him the inspiration to help our current CEO, Jed Greby, the to to set up the charity in a small way, but it's grown. Um, and now we've got bases in, in other countries, including South Africa, but that's how it started, from, from that incident.
0: Hmm. Such a, 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 ins- a inspirational uh, story. Um, y- your organization... Uh, how does it continue to um, utilize the high-profile status of football and football players uh, to help tackle racism in society and even uh, not just limited to football but other sports as well?
4: Other sports, um, other activities as well. We have great partnerships with writers, with musicians, and they all tell their stories, their own personal journeys and they use their profile that they have hmm. to, to help get the messages across and when we work in a school very impactful to have maybe a recorded message from Shaka hmm. or from another player. We go to football clubs and we will take young people there as well we work in cricket
3: hmm.
4: um, Monty Panasar is a recent um, patron of, of Show Race and Red Card and does some great work with us as well hmm. so we've, we've got patrons all over the place, from from all walks of life: teachers, um, lawyers, doctors, a whole gamut of people, and they all play their part. And if they have a, you know, some standing in the community, they they will use that, and it helps open doors in the first place to get into schools. Then opens hearts and minds, and uh, we we value that tremendously.
0: Um, the uh... How important do you think uh, it is to educate your youth uh, regarding racism? Because you mentioned it earlier as well um, that uh, this should be taught in, in schools as well. You know, and, and uh, uh, but why is it important to educate the youngsters especially um, in, in regards to racism?
4: the young young people because they are our future they need help and support there's people that are suffering from racism in school and from discrimination and we go in to help them as well we give them confidence we 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 listen to their their issues and sometimes in a group discussion in a class which teachers often you know find difficult because we're talking about issues which some people shy away from And we can, through the people that we train to go and do this work, we do a lot of listening actually, you know, rather than talking, we listen, but it's important at that young age because young people, if they are not challenged with some of their behaviors, some of the things that they say, for example, then that would just build over time. And it's preparing people for the adult world. Hmm. And we're working more increasingly in the adult world, in the workplace with large, employers hmm. to help young people in sorry uh, adults in the workplace and call out racism a lot of people are suffering at work hmm. and you can have all the policies and procedures in the world but if you don't have people that are prepared to enact upon them if you don't have management and um, key decision makers that buy into it that this is how we're going to be this is that this is our culture this is our culture of fairness and respect hmm. Then, then people are people are going to suffer, and we've we've got many many casualties over the years, mm-hmm. and and that's not right. So, yeah, we start off young, but we work right through into adulthood as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, uh, do you have any campaigns uh, campaigns you've been working on lately? Um, and if you do, what are their impacts on the society?
4: Uh, there's many I could talk about. One in particular that I will mention is a campaign that we've been running with um, Premier League Football Club West Ham United mm-hmm. in the East, East, East London area and, and in Essex, And we're going to be scaling this up to go to other areas very soon. Mm-hmm. And it's called Stop the, Stop the Hate. It's a very simple message. But we look at, between us, we use the, the, the positive side of both of our organisations and we, we help young people to understand what a hate crime is Hmm. because many hate crimes go unreported the vast majority of hate crimes that are reported are to do with racism Mm
2: um
4: that that's that's a fact. and i've seen some terrible statistics recently in kent where the, the the number of hate crime statistics is just rising year on year and there's various things that happen in society in everyday life which will cause peaks with that Some of them are to do with politicians or irresponsible politicians, things they say. Mm. Brexit certainly uh, raised the amount of hate crime incidents reported. But we talk about what that is, how to protect yourself, and then we look at the protected characteristics. And it leads us into discussion where the children or the young people want to go. So for example, there may well be confusion around different religions. Mm. And there's confusion very often around Islam and the Quran, and we we have um, an exercise that we do where we compare the similarities between the Quran and the Bible,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and challenge people's assumptions yep. that um, that you know that the Quran is is negative, and the Bible is positive. And we challenge that. We say, well, where did you where? Why do you think that? And and much of it is to do with stereotype and it's hearsay. But we will actually draw comparisons between both the Quran and the Bible. And young people in particular who don't know Islam, of course, many young people do, hmm. they are absolutely astounded. And, it, and, it, and things like that can absolutely change a person's life. Because if you don't have that conversation, they hmm. will grow up thinking that certain religions are evil
5: hmm.
4: at worst. And they will, you know, they they will just go down this road, a blind road, and then eventually when they have children, they will they will tell the same messages. You have to break that somehow, and that's what we do. We can't do it on our own, and every single person in society has a responsibility to tell the truth, to have conversations safely, and to, to make their own little differences, which was, you know, spoken about before I came on here we agree with that
0: when you when you, um, you know it, it, this is important and, and something that you're teaching right so when you have Islamophobes or those people who hate Islam or any other religion someone might hate Christianity or Judaism etc etc of course the, of the course. core teaching of every prophet you'll see is love for every single human being for the sake of love uh, you know if you love God you would love every human doesn't matter what religion they belong to and every prophet has taught us this and the core teachings in the book as well you find that Uh, of course you know there's another thing that if something is you know added afterwards okay or the views of humans you know it's different but every prophet uh, came always with a message of peace with a message of love and they never showed any racism rather they you know tried to um Uh, you know, eliminate racism from the society where they came in, right? So this is a very important thing, especially with Islam as well. We gave, you know, uh, a few verses of the Holy Quran as well where God Almighty says that, you know, you should have love for every uh, uh, person and especially when it comes to the, you know, the last sermon of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, you know, he also said that no one has a priority you should. You do not have any priority over any other person. Doesn't matter what religion, caste, uh, or, or nation they belong to. Um, so, um, thank you very much for your work that you're doing, um, Steve, and uh, thank you for uh, you know being with us and answering our questions. Wow.
4: Thank, thank you for inviting me, and if at any time you'd like to come and see what we do, please get in touch, and um, we, we we can arrange that. And thank you for. The, the positive messages of love and peace and respect that you you uh, to speak so so uh, strongly uh, in uh, your your broadcasting.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
4: Okay. Goodbye.
0: Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. So this was um, Steve Goetzel, um, who uh, is a regional manager for the South of England for Show Racism, The Red Card. A very interesting, uh, you know, discussion we had with him, isn't it? Um, I mean, such a good message that they've given. Yes, um,
1: especially was, um, Steve saying about raising awareness, hmm. especially with the youth, because our youth is the next who's going to be a prime minister, who are the future of our um, country. Yeah. So, because um, a nation cannot be reformed. Without reformation of his youth first, yes, right. If that's a, the that's a, that's a motto. That's, that's a motto, the that's a motto. That's the that, motto of the Ahmadiyya Youth yeah. Association. Yeah. That's correct. Mm. But if you reform <clears> our youth, educate them, mm. and tell them what's right and what's wrong, yeah, we'll have a great future
0: ahead. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, uh, the future is our 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 next generation. I mean, if you don't bring them up, if you don't tell them what racism is right what is racism racism is you know uh, in simple words racism is something which is unfair treatment to other people of a, a particular race it could be within the society it could be uh, within a belief uh, that a certain races or people are superior than others when you start thinking that someone is more superior than you then you start you know making uh, then you basically start racism then you think you're better than others right so you know people they often think of racism in terms of overt individual actions and ideologies right but it's also you know the present within the system it is present in the organizations it is present in all cultures and 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 when we don't speak about this these issues our youngsters our people they would never learn of course now uh, his holiness hazrat miza masood ahmed helper also sheds light on the lust, the love and the respect the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon had for the humanity um, and and he says that without a shadow of doubt at every moment of his life the holy prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah upon him manifest immense love and respect for all people. His pure and noble heart was filled with compassion and at all times he sought the betterment of mankind and strived to alleviate the sufferings of others. He taught his followers to respect and value all humanity and for example, on one occasion, the holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah upon him, he was sitting down. Um and I believe you've already explained this that the one Jew that uh a, 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 a um a body of a Jew was going and um this uh, the holy prophet stood up and he said and, and the companion said, Why did you stand up for a Jew? Because he does he's not uh, a follower of you, he rejects you, etcetera etc. Cetera. And he said that, you know, he's a human being, he's a creation of God and I have respect for every creation of God Almighty. It doesn't matter if he or she Believes in me or not? Um, when you look at uh, you know the uh, the teachings of other religions as well, uh, you see that you know how you should treat other fellow human beings. So, what is it that other religions teach us, or what is what is it that religion teaches in regards to treatment towards the other human beings? And, and, and how does uh, Religion Not promote Or is against uh, Racism
1: Well Zakaria Every single religion Teaches the same thing Yep. That there sh- There shouldn't be a, a ounce of racism In anyone mm. In Christianity For example In Matthew Chapter 7 Verse 21 is stated Do to others What you want um, Them to do to you So Treat them as you want them to treat you, in mm-hmm. Christianity, mm-hmm. that's the message. For in Judaism, in, um, It's said in Talmud Shabbat thirty-one a, that which is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. That is the do whole. not
0: do it to your fellow.
1: Do not do it to you. That's correct. Yeah. Sorry, what is the whole Torah? The rest is commentary. In mm-hmm. Buddhism, do not hurt others in ways you yourself would find hurtful. Hmm. In Hinduism, Mahabharata chapter five, verse hundred and seventeen, this is the sum of duty. Do not do nothing to others that would cause you pain if done to you.
0: Hmm. These are all messages of prophets of, of, of these religions and we believe you know all in all these prophets to be prophets of God Almighty and we accept them as, as our prophets as well, isn't it? And Islam also teaches that Allah has placed great emphasis um, in 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 uh, in al uh, ibad in, uh, in, in, in the Holy Quran, right? And huquq al ibad is basically the rights of the creation, and in order to uh, sorry hukukul Allah ال, is the rights of Allah, of oh, God Almighty. So when you believe in God Almighty and you try to fulfill the rights of God Almighty, right? You do this to you know to serve God, right? Why do you serve God? Because you love God Almighty, right? Um, because He has created you, He has given everything for you to sustain in this world, to function in this world, right? So if you, you know, there is a um, uh, so I'm I'm going to tell you this this story. Afterwards, so hukukullah is the the rights of God Almighty. In order to fulfill God's rights, it is necessary and it is important for you to um, do the hukukul ibad, which is fulfill the rights of your um, the creation of God Almighty. When you do not fulfill the rights of your creation of the creation of God Almighty, then you cannot expect God Almighty to expect and you know accept the uh, the rights that you and you cannot f- simply not fulfill God's rights, right? What I wanted to say is, sometimes we forget the blessings that we get, the 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 things that God Almighty does for us, and you know there is I believe it was in Italy during the time of COVID nineteen, and uh, this person, uh, an elderly person, was in the um, hospital, and he was being given uh oxygen and he was in bed for many uh many days and when he recovered and uh, the nurse came to him i think and this person you know there was a massive uh, amount right just for oxygen okay uh this this guy started crying Right. This the, you know, this person was not a uh, a poor person. He, he he could you know pay the amount. There's nothing issue with the with the money or or anything else. But this person then um, said that for so many years, I think it was seventy something or eighty something. Right. For for seventy five years, let's say, God was giving me for free oxygen. He never asked anything for for me. All the things I you know my body, everything that I I was functioning fully right and it was all for free and god was giving this to me now that i'm in a week and the humans are taking care of me i'm paying for this so i was never thankful to god for all the blessings all the things that he has given to me and he started crying just to in realization that how much god loves us the things that he gives to us um we have our last guest with us uh, anas mahmoud who's on hold he's waiting to speak to us he's a 6th year student of the jamia Ahmadi uk um a university of theology and modern languages um, um studying uh, he's uh, studying to become an imam for the Ahmadi muslim community um with a small introduction um anas imam anas Assalamualaikum alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to our show.
5: Wa alaikum JazakAllah for bringing me on here. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you very much for being with us here. Um, Anas, um, uh, what do you think, you know, as you know, that we are discussing about the topic of racism yeah. and, and how Islam speaks against racism or any religion. You know, uh, Imam Saad was giving some examples of other religions as well in the course of the prophets where uh it is strictly forbidden or we, we you know racism is something which is against god will right against the teachings of any religion right so yeah. w- w- uh, what do you think is the reason for negligence towards religion especially uh in today's world well
5: the reason there is a we have negligence uh, in the well, towards religion in this uh, t- today in today's day and ages because people don't really, uh, you know, they've failed to understand the teachings of Islam. Islam is a religion that is is rooted in equality and uh, tranquility and peace for everyone, uh, so that everyone gets a chance uh, to do, uh, uh, an equal chance at life. You see, Islam was born in an atmosphere of, like, you know, racism, uh, very, um, society, and there was a complete atmosphere of, uh, racism Hmm. and it was uh, was that was the beginning of Islam and the mark that Islam left on the world we can see it was the uh, towards the end of the Holy Prophet's uh, uh, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him his life when he conquered Mecca Uh, uh, the uh, one of the main flag bearers who walked into uh, Mecca very victoriously was Hazrat Bilal may Allah be pleased with him and uh, Hazard Bilal was a, an Abyssinian um, uh, man hmm. Who used to be a, a slave Who was traded in the markets of uh, Arabia mm-hmm. So this was how, uh, you know, how the status of Hazard Bilal An Abyssinian slave Was you know, catapulted by uh, Islam hmm. And so see that is the marker Islam left on the world
1: hmm. yeah. So assalamualaikum Anas How are you?
5: Wa alaikum assalam I'm good alhamdulillah uh, By the grace of Allah I'm very fine Thank you for asking
1: so you know as the world is um, increasing in materialism um how can mankind truly recognize the true purpose and benefits of religion
5: you see the you see the true purpose of religion is uh it's nice that you ask this question it's is something that you know the world has uh, forgotten the the purpose of religion is actually is not just something that you know we are uh, uh, an ordinary person might think uh, to you know to uh, remember God and uh, just that is one of the main purposes. But it's not just uh, uh, religion; is not something that's confined to places of worship. Religion is something that is a way of life. Um, so in every uh, thing that you, you do, you have to uh, ensure that you you know you bring your religion into it because religion guides you in what you're doing, in whether it be in matters of finance, uh, in matters of you know uh, education, etc. And the reason the world has forgotten this is because. It's, uh, they they are uh, tending to forget uh, what um, they're being. Uh, they're forgetting the, the purpose of religion. They they are straying away from God Almighty, and that that's why they are uh, you know turning away from religion in such a way that mm. they are forgetting everything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, there's a question that uh, has been asked quite often, uh, especially by the youngsters by the new generations yep. who are turning towards atheism that what is the proof that god exists and if he does exist what is the influence um what influence does he have over us i mean you can give some examples of how islam or how any religion you know, speaks against racism
5: yeah. So, see, the uh, the purpose of uh, well, uh, the purpose of God's existence, as I said, is to you know uh, is for us to have um, you know a life in our life. One of the main proofs of God's existence is if you imagine a farmer working in the field it's the, the searing desert heat, and he's ploughing his field, and if he he suddenly has a realization that that he's working all day uh, for for uh, to work for some money and then he suddenly realizes what he's doing in his life the first place he looks at is as as a gut reaction is towards the sky and he uh, and he thinks to himself what what am i doing and see this uh, this uh, this just shows that there's an innate quality in human nature that uh, you know that a man is um, you know human human beings are naturally inclined towards a higher being Hmm. They look towards a higher, a higher being for help and hmm. for comfort, hmm. and that is one of the main, uh, you know, proofs of God's existence. That you know, there there is, is something within us that uh, you know that inclines us towards a high, a higher being.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen it through the prophets, isn't it? That uh, you know, prophets when they come, they, you know, they are not famous or they are not very influential mm-hmm. in the society and the believers of a prophet is always like the weakest of the the community but the the how god helps that community is wonderful isn't it 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 changes mm-hmm. the society it changes you know, the other people uh in and from being the worst of the you know people on that in that in that nation to the most exemplar people and this is also a a sign that uh, you know god really exists Saad, so I think you have a last question I guess um if you could uh, yeah yes ask so, um, that question, please. and as
1: as you know we're coming to the end to the show of of the show I just want to yeah. know your final remarks uh, regarding racism and how religion um, speaks against re- um, racism you yes, have yes, 1 uh, minute just in 1 minute just wrap it up and yeah. let everyone know thank you
5: yeah the religion uh, especially uh, uh, comes about to uh, bring people together and to create a harmonious uh, society of domestic tranquility, harmony. And uh, what the Quran has said uh, uh, regarding, you know, uh, unity and brotherhood and, you know, for us to stick together and stay away from racism uh, is that the Holy Quran says surely all believers are brothers. Um, uh, So make peace between your brothers and fear Allah. So that mercy may be shown to you And see, this is one of the ways that God Almighty has uh, in you know, inc- uh, the inclined the believers towards making peace towards the brothers and maintaining a harmonious atmosphere in society and their homes so that they may be re- the recipients of God's mercy
0: Wonderful answer Thank you very much uh, Imam Anas for joining us and shedding a light on the questions that we've asked I hope everyone has benefited from this but thank you very much for your time and your answers.
5: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. JazakAllah for having me. Okay, so this was Anas Ahmed, a, the, a sixth year Jamia student who is becoming an Imam for the Ahmadi Muslim community. Um, I would like to uh, conclude today's show with uh, a saying of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings upon him. Um, in his farewell sermon he, you know, he said that he lifted two hands the prophet, on whom be peace and blessings of Allah be on him, and joined the fingers of two hands to the fingers to uh, of the other and said, "Even as the fingers of the two hands are equal, so are human beings equal to uh, one another. No one has any right nor nor any preference to claim over another. You are brothers." So. Not only Islam, but every religion expects us to act with justice towards one another and to reject any thoughts or actions based on any notion or religion or ra- or um, of racial superiority or even of social, economic and political dominance. We should keep the following slogan before us. This is a slogan of the Ahmadi Muslim community and this should be adopted in every society and that is love for all, hatred, fanan. Uh, Thank you for listening to us, and here is the 6 o'clock news.